Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, a podcast dedicated to helping you overcome your limitations and win at life, love, and in creating your legacy. In today's episode, we have a special guest. We have a new Uyama in the house, and you'll understand everything if you just listen to this episode. We're going to lose one Uyama but we're going to replace him with a fresher Uyama. Mint, right out of the package, Uyama. So please enjoy my interview with my new co-host, Benji Uyama. Everybody, welcome. This is a crazy day. I've officially transitioned one Uyama to another. We're doing something unprecedented due to circumstance. And not even like a weird circumstance, just like organic circumstance. And let me explain. High Noon has been doing a podcast for over a year now. It started with Sammy and I and mostly just us talking, but then we started interviewing people and we've gone over 50 episodes already. We're almost at 60 something episodes. We've covered a variety of topics and now we're going to transition from Sammy to Benji Uyama. And the reason is this, Sammy's in a crazy time zone, but he's also really busy on other stuff. And we felt it was time for Benji to step up. And so, first of all, let's welcome Benji Uyama to the podcast. Hey, guys. <laughs> welcome, Benji. Thank you, Andrew. It's good to be here. And what this is even crazier because you just kind of inserted yourself in an episode. You just like grabbed a mic and you went off. And so it was like, that was unprecedented. And to me, that was a marker of like, oh, Benji's here. He's ready to go. And then from there, I think it wasn't even on our spectrum. Like we were going to stop having Sammy, but then Sammy just needed a break anyway. So it was perfect timing. Mm -hmm. So what compelled you to pick up the mic? That was like two weeks ago or something. Why? Yeah. Out of nowhere. Like you've never done that before. Why? Why now? Good question. I think the bottom line is that I've been kind of serving a lot of the work that I do for the last seven, eight years has been a lot of administrative behind the scenes, backend work for websites, marketing, etc. working at headquarters in New York. And now I just realized pretty recently, actually, that there's a lot more that I have to offer in regards to sexual integrity and helping people, particularly helping people, folks prepare for marriage, prepare for relationship. And there's a lot to unpack in my experience for the last 10 years being blessed, but also working with individuals, men and women to prepare for marriage and start their sex lives and have children, etc. So I just made a conscious decision, especially recently in the last few months, just to start turning on the camera or turning on the mic and just start recording <laughs> randomly. So that was one of those inspiring moments to do that yeah it was good i mean it was it was fire you're definitely on fire before we kind of get too into things let's go back to the beginning so you are sammy's older brother or younger brother younger brother by how many how many years two years (laughs) years and was he always way bigger than you growing up he's always been taller of course and he's my older brother we're only two so our dynamic is kind of like i'm the younger and i just kind of follow him and do what he says <laughs> i'm afraid to you know step on his toes and and upset him that kind of typical dynamic with brother relationship. was he like grumpy and ornery oh, and so you he's, know. <laughs> he's really kind he was really gentle older brother honestly he's always conscious about you know not wanting to hurt me or to be kind and to me but i think my character is really observant i'm a really kind of naturally introverted person maybe that doesn't come off that way but i'm really observant so i try to take the back seat a lot in our, our relationship so i'm happy to support him and he was like can you do the podcast I was like okay yes sir <laughs> <laughs> i find it pretty crazy that 
you and your brother are obviously working for High Noon, but even before that, that you're both working within our movement, that you're both all in, especially on families. That's very specific. You guys could be doing anything. It's usually one guy is like a techie guy and other guys like an all heart guy. But you guys are both taking care of people. And so you used to work for the BFM. Yeah. When did that start? Yeah. So that's a good point. I think for both of us, well, for me, at least my whole journey with this developing this passion to help people, particularly to help people receive the blessing and also experience a fulfilling blessing, most of all, really starts with the fact that I myself am blessed in marriage for since 2010. So that's just over 10 years now. And I mean, like it's like my ability or passion to help people has really nothing to do with my personality or even my passion. It's really to do with that I feel blessed in my life and that's it. I've been blessed with a wife who helps me grow and helps me see things from a bigger perspective, helps me experience love in my life. And because I experienced that grace and love that I want to help other people experience the same thing. That's it. That's, that's really it. But yeah. I mean, you could just feel like, hey, I'm blessed. I want to help other people and be a volunteer or something. But you made it your full-time job. Yeah. Like it's your obsession. So it seems like a little bit more than that, right? Well, it's like a coincidence or chance or by God's design. After I was blessed for about a year in marriage, I decided to become a matching advisor, a matching supporter to be trained to help other people find a spouse and eventually go to receive the blessing and get married. And that was pretty early on. So I've been doing that for about nine years now. And I jumped full into that. Like, of course, it's a volunteer job. You just put yourself on a website as like somebody who's open to support. I posted on Facebook. I was like, let me know if you guys need any <laughs> support in this area. And I was young. And then, you know, people came to me because, you know, I'm a young guy. I've been through a lot of the experiences people go through. And I know how to kind of navigate them because I've been them myself, especially regarding pornography, which is, you know, a huge, huge roadblock for most people. So the opportunity came about seven years ago when my wife and I were living in Japan out of nowhere. Crescentia Degodi, who was the director of the BFM at the time, contacted me because I was involved with the BFM and the team. And I knew the team because I was volunteering. And she was like, do you want to move to New York and work full time for headquarters? And of course, I was like, that's scary because there's a lot implied in that decision. That means I have to leave Japan. I had a job at the time. I had a job set up to work full time at a hospital doing some random management position. And so everything was like, we're going to live in Japan full time or the rest of our lives. That was a plan. Raise our kids there. My wife was pregnant as, at the time. And oh so God. it was a really tough decision to say, yeah, like we're going to take this opportunity, but without a question for both of us, because there's nothing more important than to us than being able to support people to experience a fulfilling life and a fulfilling marriage and help if we can do anything to help them get there, then that's what I wanted to do. So we put aside all the practical things and we had to get a green card for my wife because we were living in Japan at the time and that whole process. And then, you know, the baby was born in Japan. So I had to kind of go back and forth to for the birth, really, really tough time. But at the end of the day, I was thinking really long term that this is something that I can really do with all my heart and pour my entire life work into doing this, then that's definitely an opportunity I want to take. But it really started because I put myself out there as a matching supporter uh, to volunteer. And I really promoted myself as like, I really just want to help you guys. You know, if you need some support, just let me know and, and we'll work together. And what's the difference in your mind between like, you could have been a relationship counselor a marriage counselor, I don't know, a guidance counselor in high school or something. But the language you use and the emphasis is you like to help couples get to the blessing and have strong blessings. Like what's the difference between just caring about people having a good marriage and people having a thriving blessing? What's the difference in your mind? 
So I guess we're getting into territory of what's the difference between the blessing. Well, I mean, for you, because, you know, (laughs) because it was a big deal that you got asked to go to headquarters. Obviously, it's there's something there that that's meaningful about the blessing in particular, not just couples having good marriages. I'm guessing maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, I think primarily it's been my experience. First of all, I feel blessed. I'm blessed as in it's not a an obligation to be blessed or it's not a it's more of a privilege, I feel. It's like I've been given something. And with a privilege like that, I just feel like I can't not do what I can to help others experience the same thing. Because if I'm not, then I'm not fulfilling what the blessing is. So to me personally, the, the blessing is it's something that's given from God and from true parents, first and foremost. And without that relationship with true parents and without that understanding of what true parents give and that vision that true parents have to create these really dynamic and interesting and beautiful families that are diverse and full of love and have all the qualities of God's characteristics, male, female, and raise children in that dynamic. That vision is what really caught me from an early age, right? When I was even 16, 15 years old, deciding like, you know what, the blessing is something for me. It's something I want to do because I could see, I could relate to and resonate with that vision that your parents have and that God has for families. And then also not only that, but also the sexual intimacy between a man and woman. That vision is so much on a higher tier than anything that I was seeing or I've ever seen in the world. And anywhere I go, it's like, there's nothing that resembles that level of vision, that level of purpose between a sexual relationship. And that's like really, truly eye-opening and eye-catching for me. You were at the Set Free Summit. We shared a room together. Now let's get into that. Why did you go to the Set Free Summit? You were working for the BFM. Why did you go? Other than it was in your home state. Yeah, that's true. It was in North Carolina. Yeah, so like I mentioned, basically my work with young, particularly young men and a growing number of young women who are preparing for marriage, this is by far one of the biggest roadblocks. And that's what I really thought at the time. Is this, that this meaning is what? Pornography. Okay. The unwanted sexual cycle and mind minefield <laughs> of psychological battle that people go through when they have addiction or just unwanted relationship with pornography and masturbation and okay. what that implication means for their future relationship or their current relationship or their matching process or their blessing. And I just saw so many young folks who come to our workshops, who we have these discussions one-on-one or in groups who are just like feeling incapable of being in a relationship, unconfident, and just like a piece of garbage, right? I'm just like, I'm unworthy to be blessed because, which is not true, but they feel I'm unworthy to be blessed. I'm unworthy to be in a relationship. I'm unworthy to have a sexual relationship because of this habit that I have, this addiction that I have. And so seeing that and recognizing that, and so I went to the Set Free Summit because I was like, I really want to figure out if this porn thing is really as big of a deal as people are saying it is, or is it just like a soccer mom ish? I don't know the right. Term. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, religious right freak term. out. Yeah. Oh, the walls are closing in. The devil's coming. Think the devil's the coming. Children. Yeah, like the Simpsons mom, right? Think about the. Yeah. Children. Yeah. So I, I really want to figure that out, and I mean, if you look at any of the stats, the hard facts, which mm. are not publicized. And I know the podcast has kind of gone into them a bit. It's really so disturbing to see and to hear. But not only that is the way that it affects people right now in our lives, the way that it's affecting men, women, all of us right now, our culture and our relationships, our families, our mm. children is really mind boggling. And yeah. I just want to do everything I can to not like just help people take control. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying mm. to stimulate minds and spirits 
so that you can recognize like it doesn't matter what the world is doing. It doesn't matter how big the industry gets. Most effective way to navigate this is just to focus on what you can control. Focus on your integrity, focus on what you bring to the table and focus on what you can offer and help in this situation. And that's putting the control in, in the hands of us, of the individuals. And then naturally the demand over time, hopefully, <laughs> the demand for pornography dies down. Shout out to you, by the way. I never really thought about it, but when the Wolfenburgers wanted people to go to the Set Free Summit, they didn't really have a voice. Like they didn't know who to talk to. They didn't like, nobody knew who they were. And they contacted you, right? At the BFM. And then you spread the word about, you helped to make that possible. From what I remember, you're kind of like the liaison. You're working together with them and then working with headquarters to make sure the invitations got out and blah, blah, blah. But like, that's how I found out about it. So like high noon probably wouldn't have existed if you didn't care about this, right? If you're like, Oh, these guys are just being annoying. They're being self-righteous. They want to force everybody to go to this thing or whatever. If you had a bad attitude, then it definitely wouldn't have happened the way it did, right? But you helped to spread the word and we got 40 people at the Set Free Summit, which is uh, pretty awesome. After the Set Free Summit, like, what was the most impactful thing that made you care or convinced you? Like, What shocked you the most at the Set Free Summit that, like, that made you feel like, oh, crap, we got to do something about this? I would say at the time I was already shocked and I was already aware because I had been through it myself and I had been talking with people who were going through that. So that the shocking element wasn't really made me want to join High Noon and really go full force into it was was actually the people I met at that work with High Noon, particularly the Wolfenburgers. At the time, they when you meet someone who is just a genuine leader and just leads from their heart and, and doesn't care about status or bureaucracy or anything like that and just wants to support at least for me that's so attractive and that's so appealing and I want to do everything I can to support those people if they can ask me to do anything I'll do it and that's why you know Uncle David was like can you try to help get these leaders you know district pastors and leaders and pastors to go to the summit I was like yeah because I wanted to help so I think when I met Uncle David it's really rare to find an older man and woman like that who will so genuinely share their own struggles when I went to the Set Free Summit in North Carolina. And the first conversation that we had one-on-one with him when I met him, the first thing he said was, yeah, Benji, I wanted to come to here. I want to come here. And basically he admitted his own past struggles with pornography. And that's something that really shook me because not shocked me, but inspired me because I'd never heard someone, especially, you know, like my dad's generation speak so authentically about their own struggles. That was like, really, wow, wow, this guy's so genuine, so real and inspired me. So, and then after that, I mean, you helped to organize the high noon summit a year later. I remember you're in the picture. Remember we took a picture outside of IPEC with the whole team. You're there. John Williams, Jess Sattinger, bunch of folks. Your big shiny face was there. And so it was like a journey of about four years, maybe three years where you were doing double duty. You were working for BFM and High Noon. Like what caused you to jump from BFM to High Noon? Well, I think because like I mentioned, alluded to before, I used to think that pornography was the biggest thing that people are dealing with. And that's like the main roadblock. But actually through working with High Noon, you know, over the years, kind of in a really part-time volunteer basis, I realized that, and also because of the groups that I've been leading of young men who are going through this, is that pornography is not actually the root of the issue. It's not actually the reason that people are struggling. And it's actually something that's way deeper and underneath that was really appealing. And I see now that High Noon is not just an anti-porn. It's not even a pro-sex movement. 
it's really going underneath that and allowing men and women to experience family of joy, passion, accountability, openness, all of that inside of this organization of family. That's so much more exciting to me than just fighting off pornography. Because unfortunately, no matter how much we wish porn or pray porn or didn't exist or do hundoke or hope to God that it would disappear, the reality is that people will always come back to high noon because it is more than just overcoming a porn habit. It is more sure. than just not consuming or controlling our eyes or controlling our mind and body. It's way more than that. So I guess what I'm getting to in the end is that I'm realizing that it's actually not the biggest issue. I think I used to think that was the biggest issue. And I used to say things like, if you just focus on your porn habit, then you will be an extremely marriageable person, which is true. If you can overcome and have sexual integrity in mind on you, you will be a very, very marriageable and very good spouse or parent. But that's not enough. What I realized is through working with Hainun over the last five years or four years or whatever, is that it's something way deeper than that. And rather than just focusing on porn as an issue, but realizing that porn is an extremely unhealthy crutch. And I like to use that word, or it's a kind of a nice visual. It's an unhealthy crutch that we lean on to fill a void in our lives or something that's missing and something that we're longing for, a sense of excitement and thrill and passion and love that we're looking for, but is very, very temporarily filling that need with something that's so instant as pornography mm -hmm. and masturbation. And it's just taking away everything that is really important and just focusing on something that's, it's like a perfect storm. You know, this is what I talk about in our groups is that pornography is a perfect storm. I mean, it's a lot of things. I think there are a lot of reasons that people use porn. I don't really want to get, get into all those right now, but to me, it's like, it's a perfect storm. It's taking something that innately we need, which is intimacy, love, joy, excitement, passion, sexual fulfillment, and temporarily trying to fix that or fill that need with something instant as basically just things on a screen, right? Which is nothing to do with sex. It actually has very little to do with true sex and true intimacy. It's really just things, videos, or images on a screen. There's really nothing to do with sex. But the act of masturbating or connecting that, it's like the porn industry has created this perfect storm of linking this innate need we have, the desire we have, with something that is highly addictive and just destroying for the soul, but at the same time, very addictive. So that's part of the equation in my mind is that it's just a perfect storm. It's somehow, whatever it may be, the devil, Satan, the universe, whatever it is, created this perfect storm. And we're just in the middle of this minefield right now, this war zone, where we are trying to figure out how to use our phones, use our computers, use the internet mm. in a way that's productive and actually gives value to the world and to ourselves and to our families without taking away from those. And porn has just managed to figure out a way to slip into the cracks and just destroy us. So that's the I, other thing. I yeah. remember hearing somebody describing like porn as like, even the devil doesn't claim responsibility. The devil looks at it and he was like, man, that's messed up. You humans are messed up. Even I wouldn't do something like that. You guys <laughs> crazy. You guys went too far. Yeah, because it's like that, the intention to devour, like the insatiable appetite of selfishness. Like if, you know, for a lot of people, honestly, even in our movement, like we have such an intellectual understanding of God and spirit world and the devil or darkness and all this stuff that it's hard to imagine like what's actually at play. But if you just see it as one force compelling you towards harmony with everything around you and the other, an insatiable, unquenchable thirst for self-centered desire at the behest or at the like to the detriment of 
anything around you, the total disharmony and chaos that ensues. Those are two obviously different forces, right? And porn, if you were to put porn in one of those categories, it's very clear which one that fits. There's no harmony. What's the thing that you're most excited for, for Heinen's future in the next year, 2021? I think, well, there's practical, but also the more internal. I really want to address the question, and maybe this is something you can answer, is in our groups, we've been going into the question of what is porn actually trying to fill in our lives? Like, why do people actually seek out porn? Apart from it being addictive, which is an obvious thing, but what else is it? And it's a question that I ask all the guys and they have a very hard time answering this question. They actually can't because they say things like, oh, it's maybe because of my upbringing or because of this experience I had when I was a kid, but there's not like a true answer. You know what I'm saying? So I'd really want to get an answer to that and help people realize that if you address this one area of your life, then the pornography aspect will just become irrelevant to you. It'll just become an afterthought more and more. I just feel it's a resonance. I know Dr. Young's scratching at this from what I hear. But it's also in my studies, it's all about like, uh, I was trying to talk about this with my group the other day. I don't know if it made sense, but just when you're, when you hear a song that you love and then you start singing with the song and then you find the resonance of the song and you really get into it, like takes over your body, you're like in that song. You don't notice any other sounds outside of that. You're in that song. It's like, it takes over all of your senses. And that's the same thing of with your life, when you're resonating with your life in such a way that you're so immersed in it, you don't hear anything outside of that. There's no need for that. It just feels good, right? When you don't have that, when it's just a bunch of static and and all that, your life is really messy and unenjoyable. So porn is really in the absence when people have a lot of dissonance and discord in their life, right? Just like a lot of static and your parents don't make sense or you're so frustrated and you don't, you have all these feelings going all over the place, then porn just numbs everything. It's like Valium to your soul, just numbs everything, everything else. And then you start to resonate at the level of porn, which is chaos, right? It's like emotional chaos. It's somebody dominating another person. And so if you resonate at the level of porn, then it's Valium for a while, but then you start to realize that you're in a hellish place, <laughs> right? I'm just trying to find a way to get people to understand how to create their own resin. Like, what do you want to resonate? If you're tuning for, don't tune yourself to porn, tune yourself to your hopes and dreams. But most people have no idea what their hopes and dreams are. They're just like trying to get by. You know, and it's really hard. I don't know if you've tried this North Star goal, Benji, but a lot of people are really struggling with, I mean, some people totally get it. And other people are like, I don't get it. What do you mean? Like happiness? <laughs> You're like, Do you want me to define happiness? What do you mean? You're like, If you could have a day that was amazing, where you were totally engaged and you were filled up, what would you be doing? What would you be doing that day? And it's so hard for people to answer that question because they're so used to just living, I don't know, right. stressed out lives. And it? Yeah, that's definitely something that, comes across very strongly with folks in the groups is that as a general society, we have very little control over our lives and our time, meaning that we are kind of from a young age, most people are, you know, going to school, through grade school, going to work. And then it's like our whole lives are dictated by an agenda. I should be this, or I should do this. And then by the time we're adults and actually have free time in the evenings, after work, it's like we have no idea even how to tap into our passions. And this is something that I am trying so hard to do with my own kids, because I have two, two young kids now, is I'm dreading the idea of them being led down that path that yeah. I see constantly men and women going down, is yeah. that life is so boring and typical that 
as soon as the day is done, as soon as I close the computer after I'm done working, the only thing I want to do is go on YouTube, watch porn or whatever. Yeah. Be alone, be isolated. And I'm trying to instill passion and excitement into my kids, into my own life. I play Legos every day. <laughs> I go jump on the trampoline every day. I go biking several times a week because it's exciting. And I try to fill my days in my life with things that are just so exciting and passionate. So the first thing I do think of when I have downtime is, man, I really wonder if I can make that thing with Lego with my kids. And that's exciting. And I'm trying to instill that in my kids so that by the time they're teenagers and grown up, getting blessed, whatever, they have that sense of like excitement rather than life is just taking me by the collar and shoving me, (laughs) pulling me around, right? Yeah. And so that's like, Kind of like what you're saying. I feel like when I ask the guys in my groups, when was the last time you felt that resonance that you were just like in the groove and you just wanted to like, like dance, you know, and just like enjoy the moment. And it's always seems to be times where they felt connected with people, like Mm -hmm. really connected with their parents or with their spouse or with friends, like going to GPA or connecting with people, or they just didn't feel isolated. Seems to me that the current societal, societal trajectory that we're on is that we're isolating ourselves more and more. And that's just fueling the need or desire for things like pornography, things like YouTube and Instagram and things that lead us down this rabbit hole to eventually, you know, pornography and just wasting time in general. So that's like, what I'm seeing is that how do you fill your lives up more with that guys, like fill your life with connection, with love, with passion, excitement, doesn't have to be as complicated as being the pastor of a church or creating a fitness app or starting a business or whatever. It can be simple. I don't know, getting a ukulele and learning how to play it. Or I don't know. I keep a ukulele on my wall and I just grab it whenever I feel like singing and playing. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's very good advice. I wholeheartedly agree. When you're leading a boring life, you tend to want to be a voyeuristic. You want to watch other people's lives. That's why reality television and all that is even worse because it's like watching other people's boring lives. Like that's how bored you are. So instead, yeah, creating your own fun. The creator versus the consumer. Because when you're the consumer, you just inherit other people's ideas and inspirations instead of letting God work through you and having your own ideas and inspirations. It's exciting to have a new idea, a new inspiration, but we don't even make room for it. There's like no room in our mind because we're just distracted with all sorts of nonsense, stupid crap. So that's great. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. And we're happy to have you. We are happy to have you, Benji. And on the podcast, everybody, Benji and I, what we're going to be doing, we're restructuring things a little bit where we're going to have Benji and I talking. Sometimes we're going to have once a month, we're going to have a woman's episode and Karina's going to be heading that up down in South America. And we're going to have more interviews for you. We have a whole already recorded so many for this year. We have a lot of really cool special guests from psychologists, people working in human trafficking, from theologians, all sorts of people trying to get a bunch of different perspectives uh, because we want to help you find that resonance, figure out what you want out of life and pursue that and remove any obstacles in the way. That's all we want to help you to do. So welcome to the podcast, Benji, everybody send them emails of love and adoration and give them Give them your support and your Legos. We will talk to you next time. We will be tackling one issue at a time, Benji and I. If you guys ever have any questions or topics that you want us to tackle, we do do requests. We're just waiting for you to tell us what you want. So Benji, why don't you say goodbye and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, goodbye everyone. Keep at it. Keep listening. Keep doing something every day. You'll be there. Awesome. See ya. 
Hey, Andrew Love here, and I wanted to plant a seed in your mind before you go. You see, a lot of people, when they start to consume our content, they listen to our podcast, they watch our videos, they read our blogs, they start to believe in the idea of freedom as a possibility for them in their lives. And it is. You can break free from porn. You can build amazing, eternal relationships. But it requires you to make the jump. It requires you to commit to transformation. And that only happens when you invite other people into your journey. You see, a lot of people think that because I got into porn by myself, I can get out of it by myself. And that's the wrong thinking. It's not about simply removing a negative force from your life. It's about creating fulfillment and connection and intimacy with other people. So we really recommend, first and foremost, that you build a team of accountability partners, facilitators, group members, and we can do that. We have all that waiting for you, but you need to first reach out to us. If you already have people in your life that you think can help you, we have online courses that will teach you both how to create a dynamic that works in terms of accountability. But if you don't have an accountability partner, we already have volunteers who are waiting for somebody to help. We have groups that are waiting for somebody like you. But your role and your job is to merely reach out to us and we can work together with you to create a powerhouse team so that you can build the life of your dreams. We look forward to hearing from you.